0: Zareen Caldwell, welcoming you to the Soul Salons, exploring our spiritual heritage. I'm going to do something a little bit different for this episode. Usually, I focus on a major or minor prophet or spiritual teacher and a book that he or she wrote. Today, however, I'm going to focus on a theme, that is, race unity reconsidered. I want to try to come at this topic from a more heart-centered place. I felt called to move in this direction because we've heard so much about racism over this past year or so. Clearly, there is a lot of injustice and structural racism in our society that needs to be addressed. Our black brothers and sisters have suffered a great deal, both historically and today, and especially in America. But I have also been quite disturbed by the amount of what I call white bashing that I have heard and witnessed lately as well. I'm white, for example, but I was called a derogatory name recently, too. Being blamed for one's skin color, whatever it is, strikes me as wrong. Prejudice can definitely move in both directions, or any direction, and I don't think we are ever going to solve the racial divides in America or anywhere else with the beating each other over the head approach that many have been taking. Instead, I wonder what might be different if we could all see each other as noble human beings with a spiritual destiny and purpose, regardless of our race and color, So I want to share some quotes from different faith and wisdom traditions, and from peacebuilders, on these ideas. I will first share a passage from a a book called A Hidden Wholeness by a man named Parker Palmer. He is a contemporary peacebuilder from the Quaker tradition, and he runs a retreat center in South Carolina called the Center for Courage and Renewal. In the book, he says that, You cannot gather people and say, in effect, in this circle, we invite your soul to speak so we can resolve our racial tensions. The moment you do so, an impossible distortion sets in. I am in the circle because I have a white soul. He is here because he has an African-American soul. And she is here because she has a Hispanic soul. But the soul has no race or ethnicity. It is the core of our shared humanity as well as our individual uniqueness. The moment we try to trap it in sociological categories, hoping to put leverage on some problem, it will run away as fast as it can because we have distorted its nature. So I want to dig a bit deeper into this love idea. Abdu'l-Bahá, who is a key figure in the Baha'i Faith, talks about how we need to see in each other a divine love reflected in the heart. In another passage, he adds, Let your hearts reflect the glories of the Son of Truth in their many colors, to gladden the eye of the Divine Cultivator who has nourished them. Day by day, become more closely attracted in order that the love of God may illumine all those with whom you come in contact. Be as one spirit, one soul, leaves of one tree, flowers of one garden, waves of one ocean." The Baha'i writings address how we can find a more pure and perfect love when we can see the beauty of God reflected in another soul. Martin Luther King, too, talked about the need for a divine power to unify hearts. In the year before he died, in 1967, he said, Let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. King was, incidentally, not a secular leader. He was a Baptist minister and very much grounded in Christian faith and tradition. Sometimes I think people forget that. Similar to the Baha'i tradition, King spoke often about the oneness of humanity. In one of his sermons, he says, This call for a worldwide fellowship that lifts neighborly concern beyond one's tribe, race, class, and nation is in reality a call for an all-embracing and unconditional love for all men. He referenced St. John when he talked about how God's love is perfected in us if we love one another. And he adds, Let us hope that the spirit will become the order of the day. We can no longer afford to worship the God of hate or bow before the altar of retaliation. There really does seem to be a lot of hatred and anger in the world today, and I think part of that might be because mainstream and social media amplifies our worst instincts in many respects. Despite the fact that I was a journalism major a long time ago, I have really, really cut back on my news consumption. But let's get back to the topic. Martin Luther King, whom I was mentioning, was a contemporary leader. But if we want to go back even further in the religious history that King mentions, we can turn to the Buddha, who said, For hatred does not cease by hatred at any time. Hatred ceases by love. This is an old rule. It may be an old rule but it's one that we seem to forget in every generation and particularly now in the time of such deep political polarization. I'm going to interject a bit of my own story here because I think it might give this race unity topic a little bit more of a personal touch. I grew up overseas in part so I had interactions with amazing people from all over the world by the time I was a teenager. To me that was just a normal way of being. I was also in the international club in college. I am of European heritage myself, with a fair complexion and blue eyes, but most of my friends were dark-skinned and from other countries, from places like India and Iran and South America and the Caribbean. A couple of my first boyfriends, too, were from places like Ecuador and Jamaica. I never really considered the color of a person's skin in my friendships or relationships. I certainly didn't think of myself as a better or worse person because I'm white, or my friends to be better or lesser people because they weren't. I loved growing up that way, being in a place where labels didn't matter and we could simply care about each other for who we were. Sadly, I don't feel that way today, because it seems that we are all blamed one way or the other for our skin color. I'll share another quote from Abdu'l-Bahá, whom I mentioned earlier. He said, Whether the creatures be all alike or all different should not be the cause of strife and quarreling among them, Especially why should man find cause for discord in the color or race of his fellow creatures? No educated or illumined mind will allow that this differentiation and discord should exist or that there is any ground for it. I certainly don't see the religious and spiritual teachings of the world making racial distinctions. They address seeing and loving others with the eye of God, as I've mentioned here today. They also don't say that our distinction comes from being rich or poor. Or this race or that race. They do convey, however, that our distinction comes from having strength of character and following a virtuous and noble and moral life. If you go back and listen to some of my earlier episodes from the Soul Salons, I think you will find that this theme is pretty consistent. In my first season, I featured an episode on the Zoroastrian religion, for example. Zoroaster taught that we could increase the divine force of Asha or truth in our lives by thinking good thoughts, speaking good words, and doing good deeds. That is really the essence of his teachings. In Season 2, I covered the Four Noble Truths of the Buddhist Faith. What I didn't cover was Buddha's Eightfold Path. This path to transformation includes right views, right intent, right speech, right conduct, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. I won't go into detail about what all of that means, and perhaps I'll cover it in an upcoming episode. My main point, though, is that spiritual distinction has nothing to do with one's race, or economic status for that matter. At least I'm not recalling that the Buddha or any other major prophet actually said that. And here's another verse from the Quran on the same idea. O mankind, indeed we have created you from male and female and made you peoples and tribes that you may know one another. Indeed, the most noble of you in the sight of Allah is the most righteous of you. Indeed, Allah is knowing and acquainted. In a more secular context, I came across a poem called True Greatness from someone named C.E. Flynn. I really couldn't find any information on this author, but the poem speaks to the same idea of spiritual distinction. It says, A man is as great as the dreams he dreams, as great as the love he bears as great as the values he redeems and the happiness he shares. A man is as great as the thoughts he thinks, as the worth he has attained, as the fountains at which his spirit drinks and the insight he has gained. A man is as great as the truth he speaks, as great as the help he gives, as great as the destiny he seeks, as great as the life he lives. So I've been talking about race relations in this episode and coming at this topic from a more spiritual place, from different faith traditions, and maybe looking more at character distinctions than colors. You may have noticed that I've mentioned the word noble several times in this episode, and I think that's an important word to keep in mind when we're thinking about this subject. One dictionary definition on nobility that I found was the quality of elevation of mind and exaltation of character or ideals or conduct. And I've touched on that with some quotes from different wisdom and religious traditions that I've shared here. So my question for this episode is, would we treat others differently if we approach them with a feeling that they were noble? Maybe try that thought experiment for a day or two and see what happens. We have to treat ourselves with nobility too, I think. When I feel down about myself, which is more often than I'd like to admit in a world that feels like it has completely gone off the rails, I also have to remember that God created me noble as well. Regardless of the situation we happen to be born into or the narrow labels that other people put on us, I think it's key to remember that we are noble and ultimately spiritual beings with something important to contribute to the world. We all deserve that respect regardless of our race.